Welcome to Grace to Stand. We're glad to have you with us today. I am Darren Stone, and I'm joined by Pastor George Sayor. It's good to see you, George, and happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, Darren. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm wearing my red and white shirt. I wish there was blue in it, but well, there isn't. Well, that's why I'm blue. That's good. Actually, yeah. we, 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 we look good together. Yes, yes. we just got to put some stars on you. That's all. Unplanned. Unplanned, yes. <laughs> but anyways, it's... It's 4th of July, and uh, we wanted to just take a few moments today to zero in on uh, this holiday as as Christians uh, and Americans uh, facing our relationship with our country and understanding uh, the freedoms that we have as American citizens. But ultimately, what we want to do is we want to look to uh, the whole biblical concept of freedom in Christ. I mean, that is a biblical principle and, and um, concept, and we wanted to talk a little bit about that as well. And also uh, zero in on um, some some uh, issues uh, relating to our relationship to the, the church and the state, and how that even kind of plays out in our worship services at this time of year, because a lot of churches... Mm. Uh, hold patriotic services, and uh, I, I would doubt that Meadowview does that, and uh, most churches in, in our particular corner of the, the world seem to, to not do that so much, um, and, and I think for good reason. We're going to talk a little bit about why that's the case, but uh, George, do you have any, any plans for 4th of July, anything on the, the hot plate for you? We actually have no plans. This summer, and, and some of this came up on our summer vacation uh, episode, but it's a weird year where we don't really have, it's a weird year where we don't really have plans. And, uh, and that includes, that includes for the 4th of July. So we will relax and we will enjoy, we, we have a swimming pool. We'll just be in the pool and I'm sure people will be shooting off fireworks and that will really upset our dog. Oh yes. It, it is not, it is not the dog's favorite holiday and um yeah our neighbors were were uh, kind enough to shoot off some fireworks last night sunday evening on uh that about 10 15. <laughs> that was kind I, dude i am such a curmudgeon man i gr- grow, growing up i had the best fireworks and and it was when you could order stuff in catalogs that you couldn't really get in florida i don't know if they still i mean again this was the 80s and so I had amazing fireworks, and and it was great. And I loved Fourth of July and I loved fireworks. And now, as an adult, I am stodgy. I'm a curmudgeon. I, I, it's a nuisance for me. And uh, I had a neighbor in the in the development, actually in my own cul-de-sac, say she's planning on doing fireworks, and if if everybody's okay with that, and like, I know I'm just so so such a humbug about this you know so i don't say anything because it's totally her right to do that i loved it when i was a kid it's great to do it in a cul-de-sac but i totally wanted to say yeah maybe you shouldn't <laughs> but we'll enjoy it if they do i'm ho- actually i'll i'm gonna i'm gonna turn i'm gonna flip the script i'm hoping she does and i'm hoping we enjoy them yes right well um Anytime that you can get through the 4th of July without any injuries or burns or, or 
catastrophes. You know, you've had a successful Fourth of July, so it'll be it'll be a good day, and it's definitely getting hot around here. But we wanted to to talk a little bit about the the concept of freedom. I mean, you know, we celebrate Independence Day, and it is the celebration of um, American independence, uh, declaring itself as a as its uh, an independent nation apart from Great Britain, and that was of course for a myriad of, of different reasons. Um, but we use the same word, and it is a biblical word, uh, as we talk about the freedom that we have as followers of Christ. A lot of people don't necessarily see the Christian faith as, or the Christian life as a, as a life of freedom because we, we do still um, you know, seek to live out the implications of who we are in Christ and what that looks like are certain things that we are to do and certain things that we are to avoid so that our lives are uh, reflective of the holiness of God because of the grace that we've received in him. Uh, but there is this this whole notion of freedom. And so what when when you are preaching, when you're thinking about that as a paradigm for how you go about discipling people, for how you go about preaching, for how you go about your philosophy of ministry in general, and your own Christian life, what does what do you understand that to mean? Your question is, what does freedom mean what, to what a Christian? Does freedom in Christ mean like what? Freedom in Christ. Wow. Well. I mean, the paradigm of freedom is is a Christian principle. It's, you know, it goes back to, well, it goes back to the garden where we are now in bondage to sin. And so, but in the Exodus, so that's in Genesis with the fall, but in the, in the Exodus, the Israelites are physical slaves in Egypt. And the Lord delivers them out of Egypt into freedom but what is that freedom is is you will worship me on this mountain so i always tell the people in the congregation the two big movements uh of god's work for his people are uh god delivers his people god dwells with his people right and you even see exodus is sort of split in in, in half at that mark right where the law is given where where the deliverance of God out of Egypt turns into God trying to dwell with his people in, right. uh, you know, in, well, in the wilderness eventually to be in the promised land. And you see that in John 1 where Christ comes to deliver his people and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, tabernacled among us, reflecting back on that Exodus paradigm. So, uh, I mean, this was what the Messiah was coming to do. I, I pulled up Exodus 61 uh, where where you hear the song one of the songs of the servant so this is on the words of the, the the Messiah the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and it goes on of course but liberty freedom mm -hmm. to provide freedom and then yet it's to do what to worship to serve to dwell with God and so. Uh, you know, I don't know how far you wanted me to go in this sort. Of, I, I feel like we sort of need a biblical theology of it. So you get to like Paul's writings in particular, Galatians 4 and Romans 8. In Galatians 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem those who were under the law. 
so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through, through God. And then Romans 8 says a very similar thing about our adoption. And so there's this freedom. We are brought out of slavery, slavery to sin, and we are in bondage to sin. And I take... Go ahead. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point because uh, I mean that's what sin what what the enemy promises is uh, to us is that uh, there's freedom to be found in sin. There's there's liberty and and um, and fullness of life to be found in that. We we become our authentic selves when we uh, live according to our own lusts, our own pleasures, uh, our own desires. Uh, detached from Christ. And what that is, is ultimately a lie, because when we capitulate to those things, we actually become owned by them. I mean, that's what the slavery language is about. We become owned by them. Like, we must serve them in mm. order to have uh, the the promises that they make, and they never fully deliver on their promises. And they ultimately bring about self-destruction, and the destruction of other people and um, and our own harm. So what Paul is talking, well, what we're talking about with freedom in Christ here is ultimately there's, look, there's, there's freedom to be found in uh, living through faith in Christ. And, when, and what it means to live by faith in Christ is to abide in him and to, and to reflect him in our lives and in all that we do and think and and say and and how we live, um, and and what that is is this, it's going to be reflective of His holiness, and, and the, the law does uh, reflect His holiness. But when you know you mentioned just a moment ago, um, you know adoption of sons. You mentioned Galatians chapter four, and then you get into Galatians chapter five, and Galatians chapter five starts by saying, you know, coming on the heels of what you just mentioned in Galatians four, it says that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Yes. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. So the yoke of of living also under the law. So on the one hand, there's the the living as we please and doing what's right in our own eyes, which is a, which is a, a you know a form of idolatry that that you know capitulates to to sin and all of its its false promises to us. But then there's also the the legalism side here that Paul is talking about as well, because what the Galatians were doing is they were um you know they were saying yes you're you're justified by grace through faith in Christ but not alone right and so they they had they had just enough of the truth to make it palatable to us but at the end of the day uh they were they were uh, they were preaching a, a false gospel and believe, starting to believe a false gospel altogether because they were saying that you need Jesus plus circumcision right you need Jesus plus something else to enable you to stand confidently before God as a as a justified person, and we also need to avoid that ditch. So there's the, there's the ditch on both sides of the road of living as we please, and the ditch on the other side of the road of adding to the law as a means by which we um, we 
stand before God or keep our or maintain our standing before God or just continue to stay in his good graces you know moving you know adding adding to scripture what is not actually in scripture and having our conscience bound to to laws that are man-made rather than uh, than expressed in scripture alone yeah I didn't realize we we're gonna do a a commentary on Galatians, but as you were saying that, I was thinking too, where Paul says, are you so foolish having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Right. And the point is, we walk by faith even as a, as a Christian. Faith is not just the entry into the the, the Christian life. It is the the daily uh, breath and, and uh, way we receive grace in the Christian life. And so often as Christians, we use the word flesh, like that we see in the Bible, to talk about like sort of salacious sins, like sexual immorality and gluttony. But when Paul is using flesh there, he's talking about trying to please God in our flesh rather than in the spirit. And that is by obedience to what they viewed as the law, which um, which wasn't, which, which wasn't proper. But I got to say, like, it's so ingrained in us to... Uh, to be subject to something, you know? And so when I used to hear there was a song over a decade ago, 15 years ago, whatever, and it was quoting that verse that you used, for freedom, Christ has set us free. And it was all singing about freedom, freedom, freedom. And I said, this song is just un unbiblical. Like, we're, we're set, we are set free to belong to Christ, you know, not for freedom's sake. And the, and this person said, well, it's actually just quoting Galatians 5.1. And I didn't know my, my word well enough. Again, this might be 15 years ago or something, 20 years ago. And so I, and I read it and I really had to wrestle with that because in our hearts, we, everybody says they want to be free, but the truth is we gravitate so easily to becoming slaves to things. And, you know, philosopher, theologian Bob Dylan wrote a whole song about it. If you, uh, you know, you're going to serve somebody, you got to serve somebody. You may be an ambassador to England or France. You may like to gamble. You might like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil or maybe the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Uh, and, it, and it goes on, you know, and it, it goes on about all this sort of, materialistic sort of things next you know and 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 that would be my story like i was addicted to the identity i had created for myself calling it freedom i wasn't gonna be subject to anybody i'm gonna live by my passions you know and it turned out i was a slave to my the 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 chosen self-expression of the identity that i had had made for myself um and and I, you alluded to that that and so there's slavery in in those things and yet when we belong to christ you know paul calls himself a doulos which is a slave and, and the new testament translators try to try to soften that and call him a servant but paul uses the word for slave we are slaves of christ and yet that is where we find freedom because we are going to serve something right i mean isn't isn't the um isn't the moralist and sort of the libertine doing the same exact thing at the end of the day? I mean, they're, you look at Galatians and they're doing the same exact thing. And what they're doing is they're, they are adding 
to the scriptures. They're adding to the gospel what a person needs in order to have some sort of self-validation. And that may mean don't drink, smoke, or chew, go th or go with girls who do. It may mean, you know, it, it may mean, uh, you know, the addition of, of all sorts of, um, of, of extra conscience binding morals that are really matters of uh, more more so matters of of either wisdom or certainly christian liberty um on things of that nature like how long should i be working and what should what exactly should my family devotions look like and how you know how much of the bible should i be reading and and uh you know all you know there could be all sorts of of different um things that people you know it kind of are galvanized by there but but then you know you look at the the other end and it it could be you know i i must um have these sexual experiences in order to have a meaningful life i must have these clothes or this these possessions or these life experiences or you know this social status or this level of of attractiveness or this level of success in my work any number of things that you add to to, to provide that self legitimacy that only jesus can provide and when we start taking our gaze away from Jesus and we put them on to created things, many of which are very good things, but they become the, 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 the source of our identity, like you said, then we're placing ourselves under another, under the yoke of slavery that Paul talks about. We're placing ourselves under the law. And that is absolutely debilitatingly enslaving. Ah. And, and it, and it, um, and and it I think is a the, the source of much of the fear and anxiety and depression that a lot of people are are experiencing in our own day and age. I'm not I'm not denying that there are some real you know that other issues that are that are you know beyond my pay grade to to tap into in my area of expertise. But I am saying that when you place yourself under all of these other yokes that promise freedom and promise hope and and self-validation um they all they do is curse you you keep having to serve them you keep having to worship them you keep having to to serve their commands and their commands are enslaving and uh, I think that that's another gospel altogether we yeah need to be on guard with that because that is our native instinct yeah, that's right. That's right. To try to earn. And, and that's, it, it is crushing because you're on a roller coaster. You're only as good as your latest success and, and your latest failures is crushing. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking too, like the whole freedom to, you know, freedom mm -hmm. to serve, freedom to repent, freedom to love, like how that works is so often in our lives, people don't want to forgive because they they believe in doing so it's like a tacit admission that they're they you know maybe that maybe they could be wrong if they forgive this person you know 
Um, like if there's a disagreement between two people and you just like you want your pound of flesh so you're not willing to forgive you know mm -hmm. in the gospel we are willing we, we are freed up from that we're not trying to make our identity by being right in a situation uh, we can extend grace and mercy without it being a threat to our identity our place or any of that because we're infinitely loved as children of god so we can extend forgiveness uh, we are free to repent mm -hmm. for that reason and, and that's probably more understandable in that in other words like many of us don't want to repent because it, it, we'd have to admit we're wrong and that's what i was saying before but like no in the gospel we can admit we're wrong because being wrong or right is not how we are loved and where our value comes from and so we're able to repent to those that we've wronged um we're we're free to love people that are hard to love and who have, who have wronged us we're we're free to serve we're free to use our resources uh, for the glory of God, because we know that he's providing our daily bread. Um, and we're free to give God all the glory for everything, because when we, we realize how we're born and the gifts that we have and, and all those things weren't ours to begin with. And so we start to have like an open hand toward things that we usually had a closed hand toward, you know. And and so there, there truly and really is freedom in that. And anybody who has done that, who has truly repented on the one side or have forgiven on the other side, experience what they call freedom. Because what you do when you hold a grudge is you are in bondage to that. Right, right. Now, I remember my grandfather telling me a story. He was an administrator at a church, my mom's uh, father, and he, he had said, you know, some guy came to him years later. He had left this church because he had moved out of state. And when he came back and visited, the guy said, you know, I was really upset with you. And uh, my grandfather couldn't believe it. He didn't know why. And the guy said, and, and finally, I, had, I just had to forgive you, but it took me years. And, and my grandfather thought, man, apparently I had wronged this guy, but the fact that he wasn't willing to forgive affected him. I never knew about it, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> and that's what it does. Yeah, it eats away at you from the inside out. I mean, it, it's... It... And and what it is is it's a lack of faith. Ultimately, the lack of yes. forgiveness is a lack of faith. It's lack of it's it's believing that God's going to get it wrong. You got to hold on to, you got to maintain control by not uh, not grieving the loss of that ideal hmm. um, and letting it go and entrusting it to the Lord and trusting that um, you know vengeance is His uh, that. Uh, he, uh, we're you know what he's forgiven you and me, right? I mean, he's forgiven us, and we're aware of like maybe one and a half to two percent of the actual sin that we commit, and uh, you know it, it it's it's treasonous every time we do sin, and sometimes we even sin deliberately, and uh, Christ has forgiven us, and it's and it cost him far more than it's ever going to cost any of us to to forgive. Um, we we need to be it, it's it's the the gospel life i mean it really is a gospel i mean you know we kind of like throw gospel issue out there just indiscriminately but i mean if there is a single gospel issue <laughs> out there it is forgiveness because when we don't forgive we're we're uh we're just completely 
living antithetically to the gospel. That's yes. difficult to do. I mean, when you've when you've truly egregiously live in a life altering sense been wronged by someone who in particular doesn't acknowledge it and and just uh you know that's you know it's almost like these psychopathic type type people out there where they just leave a a, a, a tornado level destruction in their wake and they don't they don't care um you know that's it's very hard to forgive someone who just wantonly continues to to wreak such havoc but but we have to we have to grieve that loss of the ideal and let it go and entrust and and entrust the lord to deal with that person and handle that in the way that is all good and right and true yeah yeah and so freedom very much is at the center of of Christianity. I mean, Christ is the center of Christianity, but again, for freedom, you have been set free. It's, it's at the center of the Christian life. Um, Romans 8, 1, there's therefore now no condemnation. You mentioned us being uh, free from our sins, free from the guilt and the penalty of our sin because Christ took it on. Um, but human beings and, and our hearts, we want to be free. We, 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 and, and freedom to Americans means this sort of liber, libertine sort of I can do whatever I want to do, but as I think as we've already explained, freedom isn't the ability to do whatever you want to do. It's it's having the right motivations and constraints to do what you should do. Right. <laughs> um, you know, like I, I had a pastor in Florida, TJ Campbell, used to say, like you never say you never see a whale say, "I want to be free of the ocean." <laughs> you know, a whale living on living in uh, like laying on a sand beach was grotesque. It's it's I mean, but that would be mm -hmm. so. The right constraints are, are what we what we need. But in, in governance and in countries, and, and the reason for this podcast, July 4th, and our declaration of independence from uh, tyranny uh, under British rule, like wh what are some thoughts you may have on that in regard to the, the way you opened the whole podcast? Yeah, and that, that's, a, that's a great place to go next because, I, you know, I think that the... I don't. I get Facebook has this. Um, you know, you can you can click. You know, your relationship status. <laughs> you know, you're married, single, dating, whatever. But you can also click. You know, it's complicated. And I think a lot of American Christians have a it's complicated relationship to the United States. I mean, some at, at, on some level, you know, uh, we we have a lot of folks in the the church who. Um, who love America? They've they've served uh, this country militarily. They've uh, sacrificed to uh, bring about freedom, and uh, so they've they sought those things. Um, but what uh, a lot of Christians in America have done is they've they've just really exalted America to um, this almost. Uh, deity of of sorts. Now they may deny that, but what the what they've done is you know you you'll go into churches and you'll see you walk in and you see the Christian flag and the American flag on one side or you see the 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 uh the flagpole with the the American flag and the Christian flag underneath it, which is which is really strange because uh, you know you, you isn't Christ supposed to be above all? 
right? But the 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 flag situation displays, you know, the the the, the etiquette for flags ends up being something where it's where it's beneath that, and you have these uh, services where who is recognized in the services are, are the the people who've served in military positions and uh you know they've the, the armed forces and you sing patriotic songs and so forth and one of the the things that i think is problematic about that is that uh wh what we're doing is we're you know we're we're taking what our chief end is to be is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And we're unduly glorifying America in a service of gathered worship. You know, that's, that's not the proper place for those patriotic uh, events and recognitions and songs and so forth. The, the proper place for that is, you know, at the, the 4th of July parade, uh, it's not in the the service of worship, and I think a lot of folks, um, especially younger generations, have seen that and kind of get the the yuck factor. But there's also the the overreaction to that, where it's you know you see a lot of the injustices perpetuated within the United States, where we talk about freedom, but then we have this terrible history of slavery and we have the trail of tears with the native americans and we've you know had jim crow laws and we've we've committed a lot of injustices and atrocities and and so america is just this you know horrible uh influence in the world and has been for you know 200 and almost 50 years and so there's this disparagement of america i think the thing is is that we need to look at ourselves as you know we are we are god has has providentially placed us where he's placed us and he's placed us in this nation that has remarkable liberties and in particular liberties to practice our faith and express our faith and to be able to proclaim the gospel and to do so with um, with a reasonable expectation that we're not going to be, you know, having the the military come in and and take us out and and uh, or the police come in and shut us down or anything of that nature, and that's you know that's a privilege throughout the course of history. That's not always been the case for Christians throughout the course of history, and because of the because of what America has done. In terms of providing that, in terms of providing of, of being a nation where, you know, people are able to 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 come here, move here, and um, pursue so many options to make a better life for themselves, we we come to a position to where we can plant churches, send missionaries, we can as individuals. You know, provide a, a, a livelihood for our families and put food on the table and reasonably expect that for the most part we're going to have a roof over our head and all these, all these, um, you know, tangible earthly blessings that we ought to give great thanks for. That's not, that is not the case in many of, many other countries in the world. And we've also been able to do much good. And so for that, we ought to, to, Give thanks to God for placing us here and thanks for the good that he's done through America while also not exalting it and minimizing its faults as well. You don't want to, you don't want to overemphasize or underemphasize. You want to just 
give thanks to God for that and uh, pray for his mercies upon the church and our nation in our time. Yes, I think I think you said probably what needs to be said. I guess I'll that being said, I'll probably add some things. So yeah, I mean absolutely this I you know, I I'll say this, this is the greatest country uh in the history of the world mm -hmm. except for maybe Israel during certain phases of its history. I I just I believe that the Lord has, you know, it, this is the only country that was founded distinctly Christian, and I'm not saying it's a Christian nation, but people came to this new world seeking religious freedom and under the the, the banner of Christianity. Um, and like you said, yes, uh, you know there have been atrocities to Native Americans. It didn't it didn't start that way necessarily, but any kind of time power struggles happen, you're gonna you're gonna get injustice like that. Um, but the amount of good that has come out of this this country, because it was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, I'm convinced of, uh, is a blessing. And I said, so, yeah, we don't do special services here. I don't know what was mm -hmm. done before me. We don't, we don't have, you know, this is not a 4th of July service. However, I do acknowledge cultural phenomena, you know, usually at the beginning of the service, I wish, you know, during announce, we have announcements right at the beginning before the call to worship. And I wished everybody a happy 4th of July weekend, sort of acknowledged that's what was going on. And then I mm -hmm. read a call to worship that spoke about our freedom in Christ. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, so, um, to, because as I said earlier, our desire for freedom is, is, is biblical and Christ comes to free us and he uses the paradigm of, of physical in being bondaged physically to, what's going on spiritually and so i think uh we're, we're not gnostic how we live this in this world and desires for a good life for shalom in this world are not based desires we are physical and spiritual and so to want shalom physically there's nothing wrong with it and so uh we have that in, in america and, and a lot of us are unhappy with the direction of our country i mean i'm certainly unhappy with the overall direction but by God's grace, we live in a great place where we have a voice, where we have freedoms, where we have freedom of speech still. Um, I know again that's that's being questioned, but and so that that's good. And so we'll and so during even the pastoral prayer time, we'll we'll thank the Lord for where we live. I mean, because He's placed us, you said this, we placed us here in America and we are grateful for it. And we pray that the Lord would turn the country uh to Him. Because as as more people become Christians, they ought to live Christianly. It, it ought to affect and influence the, the 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 place we live. So we we talk about those things, but I didn't do a different sermon. Um, but one of the illustrations I used did come from you know y'all want freedom. Well, here's the freedom we have. You know, sure. so um, so yeah, it definitely is complicated. But we don't want like Sunday morning worship is. The covenant community coming together, every tribe, nation, tongue. So in that, inherent in that is is there are no national boundaries in that. And so we're not going to create any wrecked national boundaries. Again, we'll thank God for where he's placed us and thank him for the freedoms we have here uh, and pray for the good of our city, absolutely, the good of our country. But we're not going to, the, the service isn't about the 4th of July. It's a, it's about serving the creator. And, and I, you know, we get that, you get that everywhere where it's like, 
It's Mother's Day. It needs to be Mother's Day service. It's Father's Day. It needs to be Father's Day service. It's Fourth of July. It's Memorial Day. It's Veterans Day. No, no. It's it's the Lord's Day. It's Sunday. We're going to worship God. And I will acknowledge those things as appropriate, again, during announcements or pray for certain aspects. I don't mind bringing cultural uh, phenomena into the, the prayer life of the church. But it's not a service for that. It's a service to worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, not your patriotic thing, particularly when there's divisions over these things like you've already highlighted. Um, so, Right, right. I mean... The the Lord the the time of gathered worship is to be about the Lord. It is to be about acknowledging Him as Lord and letting nothing encroach upon that. I, I think that you know it's it's appropriate to think about certain passages of Scripture. You know, you think of the Proverbs where it says, "Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord." And what we would want to see, you know, there's there's a there's been a lot of talk over 20 years or so, you know, kind of the in the city, for the city uh, type of language that we've heard in Scripture, and or not in Scripture, I'm sorry, it's not in Scripture, but we've heard in the church, we've heard people say, um, and, you know, loving the city, seeking the shalom of the city, you think of the, the passage in Jeremiah there, and and we, uh, and, and yes to, to all of that, I mean, we ought to, we ought to, you know, Wherever God has placed us in the cities and the towns, wherever, you know, we ought to seek the, the the welfare of our neighbors and the welfare of the the place in which we live and work and raise our families. Um, but um, we also ought to think about that as a as a as a nation and and pray and desire that uh, our nation would be a place where. There is revival in the church where there are churches that are faithfully preaching the gospel and that people are coming to Christ and people who claim to follow him are really walking in um, newness of life so that they're the light of the world and the salt of the earth as Jesus calls us to be. That's what we that's what we long to see, and and that there would be revival that would break out in America, so that our our nation would be a place that truly ha is a light to the world. The church in our nation is truly a light to the world. I mean that is that is what um, so many of our forefathers. And foremothers in the faith, and their and their various and sundry nations uh, prayed. I mean, they. I, I think of of uh, uh, of uh, you know what's his name Ridley over in Scotland, who who was uh, Latimer and Ridley, who, who were both um, who were both martyred for their faith. I mean, just to they they longed to see Scotland, their that nation, penetrated with the gospel, mm. and we want to see America. Penetrated with the gospel, we all love America like we love our cities and we love our neighborhoods because we want to see the light of Christ shine here. And you know, if you want to talk about patriotism, that's that right there is is patriotism. Love your neighbor, um, befriend them, and impart the grace and truth of the gospel to them. And that's good. The same. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I'll read this sentence that is very well known from the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, 
that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And you hear that, and it's it's interesting. They are endowed by their Creator. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, we have the image of God, you know? <laughs> and this idea of uh, of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, by the way, outside of a Christian worldview and a Christian ethic and, and, and the truths of Christianity, that just devolves into tyranny. Because it absolutely does. It absolutely everybody's does. pursuit of happiness will butt up against everybody else's pursuit of happiness. And by the way, we're seeing that more and more today. So these these things, this life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness are, are not these independent sort of qualities that everybody gets to pursue individually. Because your freedom may 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 get in the way of my freedom, you know, and your pursuit of happiness may, you know, I mean, a, a abortion is the pursuit of somebody's happiness at the expense of the life of another. And so it's important to remember that, you know, the principles in our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence, I mean, they, they are very sort of deistic in nature um, and divorced from a Christian ethic and worldview and from the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, I think I think we're seeing where this leads. You know, we have an ethical issue in our country right now, unfortunately, and that's and and that's why we can't even agree on those terms, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know, it's it's uh <laughs> this is hope this isn't too much of a rabbit trail, but I mean I think about the the United States was really the first nation in the Western world that was a disestablished state in the sense that we didn't have an established state church. And uh, many of our Reformed Covenanter forefathers were aghast at that. And uh, that's a whole other that's a whole other um, podcast and discussion altogether. But it, you, you keep you keep trying to geek out on us with all yeah, your well, well, with, with all you. <laughs> This is this is, my, this is my Scot- lane. Give me Scotland. <laughs> yeah, give me, well, this is my this is my lane. You know, here's I, I, I think know. this is just my deal. But yeah, um, they were, you know, they were they were appalled at that that it was a it was disestablished in such a way, and I, I think it just goes to show you know that there's there's a lot to be said about that, but. Um, the the state is going to establish some sort of ultimate authority, and that is either going to be Christ um, or it's going to be something else. And and what we're seeing right now in our in our uh, sort of political cultural uh, time and place and context in which we live is that secularism, godlessness. Um, debauchery, uh, self-actualization, um, uh, uh, what, uh, you know, who was it that said uh, expressive individualism? I mean, that might have been Charles Taylor or something. You know, just that that sort of, uh, those, are, those are the gods of our, of our nation right now. Um, it's, it's not, it, it doesn't at least appear on the, the, surface of things that it's Jesus Christ. Now, ultimately, Christ is the God of America, as as he is of every nation of the, the earth, and, and he reigns and rules over all things. I mean, and ultimately, that's the case. But what we want to see is people coming to repentance and faith and believers living um, 
as as people living out their union of Christ in a distinctive Christ honoring, God glorifying, neighbor loving uh, way in which their their whole life at home, at work, and in as citizens of this nation and every other facet honors the Lord. And um, as that happens, then, you know, we can, we can see, you know, that, that God has a tendency to bless nations that, where that's the, that's happening. And I think a lot of America's blessings that we've had uh, have been a result of, of the many uh, churches and individual believers that, that uh, are reflective of that. But, um, you know, we don't, we can't take that for granted. Yeah. That, that, that we, we need to continue to pray for real, you know, biblical revival in our land. That's good. That's good. That's probably a good way to end. So this yeah. 4th of July, uh, thank your creator for where he's placed you in space and time on this globe. And, and in this time, it's an amazing time to live. And we live in a great country and a great land. Uh, be praying for this country so we can have gratitude for this country and we can be praying for this country mm-hmm. uh, because as America goes, it, it, it spreads. America spreads what's going on here to the world. And so right. let it, you know, and so we want to spread the gospel. And so may we be a land of the gospel and always remember that whatever freedoms and whatever encroachments we think we, we have going on. And I, I believe there are, but, uh, Ultimately, the freedom we have is is freedom in Christ, and and they can't take that from us. And uh, praise be to Jesus that I am no longer a slave to who I was, but I can I've been made free to serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and He loves me as his, as a child. Yeah. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Grace to Stand.